and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. The last episode of March, in like a lion, out like a lamb. Your goal for the day will be determining which of us is the lion and which of us is the lamb. I'm Illegal86. <laughs> I have Tectic here with me. I have Nerd Bomber here with me. Uh, one of us is a lion and one of us is a lamb. <laughs> That's what that means, right? Mission accomplished. You know, in the wild, I don't. are lions and lambs even anywhere near each other? I don't. I would hope so. not. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure geographically, it's it's not a thing that ever occurs. Mar- so March comes in like a lion because like the weather's still bad, right? Is that what that means? Yeah, I assume. And then it comes out like a lamb because it's soft and fuzzy. You know. Hey, all You're I know is that's the next case. month we get to look forward to April showers. Do you, Do you have any uh, Do you have any big April Fool's Day plans? No, I don't. I don't subscribe. But I'll never tell. You don't do any fooling. Yeah, that was a test. First of all, if you were about to tell me your your pranks, then you're not a good prankster. I have no April Fool's Day plans, which probably means that I do, right? That's, that's how these things go. My main goal every April Fool's Day now, I think I've talked about this on the show before, is to not be fooled by like the, the Google. You know, Google goes hard on April Fool's Day. It's like a big deal for them. You can tell like they have like, they probably have like company-wide email blasts about it. Like we're putting out this stupid thing. People are going to believe it like idiots. And I'm one of those idiots. I've been one of those idiots like two years. I've been like, oh my gosh, this is real. There's something, I can't remember, it's like a TV show or something, or a movie. I think we might have talked about it on the show. I can't think of what it is now. It's set to release on April 1st. And I was in my mind thinking, does that mean it's not really happening? I think it was the, um, I think it was the Judd Apatow movie where they're all quarantined. Can't think oh of yeah, that's we right. We talked about it on the show. I honestly, comes out April 1st. I would love for that to come out. And then like the first 15, 20 minutes, they get you really invested. And then at like minute 20... It and just turns into Judd Apatow, like, doing a dance. And then it's like, April Fool's. It would be great. Everybody will be talking about it. I mean, that looks like... I remember I felt that way about... This is an offshoot. But I remember when I was... It was 2010. I was I was either still in high school at that point or I was in college. I can't remember. I think I was just... I just finished high school. And I went to see Toy Story 3 with my family. And if you haven't seen Toy Story 3, there's a part where you think that all the toys are going to die. And I remember thinking to myself, how cool would that be? Like, Wait, I, what? by that, what That's I mean what is, you well, what, what I mean, what I mean by that. It was that, at that I'm moment not, not that we knew that illegal was insane. No, it, it, it's, it's more just the idea of like, okay, Disney's going to do this thing where they, they get all these kids and high school kids like me excited to see this movie, to see their favorite characters do these things. And then they all drag them into theaters. They go to like drive-in movies. It's just summertime. Everyone's having a good time. And then they kill all of the characters in front of the children. I was like, I would be talking about that for the rest of my life. It would be, it would be a defining moment for me. Like, I think it'd be great if a movie just one time just did something like that, where they were like, we're going to subvert expectations so hard that it's going to, it's going to just going to shatter you. You know what they should do? They should advertise like a PG movie or maybe even a G movie and like really hype it up, make everyone want to go see it in theaters and then play a rated R film. Yeah. Something like, well, that maybe yeah. that might be a little far. Like Saw. I, I think keep it rated, keep it like G, keep it like rated within the MPAA rating, but like do something crazy with it, you know? That's what I'm wa- wanting to see, but... Or actually, no, vice versa would be a way better way. Really hype up, like, the scary movie oh, yeah, of yeah. the century, and then have them sit in to watch My Little Pony. Please right. do that, movie studios. Because, again, if, if I was in that theater, I'd be like, they got me. Like, I, I'd be like, respect. You you tricked me. I might be a little mad. I don't know. It, it depends. I guess it would depend on how I was feeling that day. 
We got a great show for you guys lined up today. We're going to be talking a little bit about James Bond. We talked about James Bond a little bit last week, but there's some more exciting news this week that I'm actually particularly interested in talking about being a reality television fan myself. Uh, We're going to be talking about space tourism because, you know, as you all know, here at the Online Warriors podcast, we have the disposable income to uh, go to space. We'll talk about how much a ticket to space costs. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the gaming world, as we often do. Microsoft has announced a new cloud gaming publishing division we'll get to more on that later i do want to start with james bond though because this is a really cool idea so as we know as we discussed last week actually amazon bought mgm which means they bought james bond james bond of course you know it's that franchise you know where the movies come out i don't know every like three or four years i feel like maybe even more than that but there's not really a consistently churning machine there and you better believe Amazon is trying to make one. They have announced and greenlit the first James Bond television show called 007's Road to a Million. This is described as a Bond-style spin on a race around the world. It's a reality show competition. Sounds like, honestly, sounds like it's basically Amazing Race, which I don't know if you guys have ever watched that show, but it's a great show. It's still on. My parents are big Amazing Race fans, actually, so I know it's still on. In spite of the fact that it sounds very similar to The Amazing Race, I think this is actually a really cool idea. How many people have pretended to be James Bond? Everybody. 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 Yeah, you you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. Not even tentatively, just straight up, shot straight up. Well, we were the generation that had the spy gear, like... All of those. Yeah. We've talked yeah, about this on the show. Why was Spy Gear so big in like the 90s and 2000s? Espionage was a big deal. Like I, I, I'm, and I'm, I went, I took it a little far. Let me say that. I don't know if I've ever publicly announced on the show. I owned, as like a nine-year-old child, I owned a Periscope. Who, Where did who you needs use that? that? Just around the house. I'm going to take it one step further. I developed my own spy gear as a kid by taking apart like walkie talkies and things and making them into like other objects that were more discreet. Well, did you guys ever make the periscope out of like, this was like craft. I feel like that they made it. Toilet paper? Like no. couple mirrors? It was a couple mirrors and then like orange juice cartons. Like, do you remember like the cardboard oh. orange juice cartons? before we use paper towel paper. rolls not toilet paper we use paper towel the but tubes. then how would you get the mirrors lined just up just shove it in you can't can't make it's, a it sticks out of the corner i'm telling you i call bs i call bs on the toilet paper roll i remember the orange car orange carton one orange juice carton one if you could dream it you could do it you that's true I mean, all a Periscope really is is mirrors, right? So you could probably pretty easily make your own. But no, my parents at some point decided, all right, you got to get this stupid kid a Periscope. He won't shut up about it. So they got me a Periscope. And I would like, I'm sure my mom would be like talking on the phone to like one of her friends. And she would see this little top of a Periscope, like pop up over the couch, just watching her talk on the phone or like watch TV or whatever she was doing. And she probably thought, why did I do this? Like, why did I get my child a Periscope? No, she didn't but think that. that. Was, she that was, was like, probably like on the phone thinking talking to her friend be like my kid is a loser i don't know what to do with him <laughs> just a total dork I, I mean i had i had motion detectors yo the I motion had, detectors like, were legit though you put those it was like the break the beam style sensitive. thing they were very sensitive and kind of started my addiction to having like motion sensitive cameras like i gotta tell you when my ring doorbell goes off throughout the day whether it's just like a bird who flies in front of it the first thing i do i'm like oh i gotta see who's there and i'm sure that whole obsession started with those little motion detector things so you guys are rookies i had as i said hidden walkie talkies in my apparel 
I had flashbangs that I made from the little rocket engines, the little Estes rockets. I took the gunpowder out and made them into little flashbangs. Well, see, that just sounds dangerous, though. Yeah, you just you you just went full on danger. I had the or my friend had the uh, the like the big satellite dish looking thing where you could like listen to people oh, that were yeah. far away. Oh, it was the coolest. Oh my gosh. It was so dumb too. Again, we we like listened to conversations of like my parents talking about like taxes and we were like, This is juicy. <laughs> like it just it was ridiculous. But we did it. And that's 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 the See that the, that the again emotion. is rookie stuff because that thing this big this is this big clonker, whereas I was planting bugs. So I'm just saying you guys gotta up your game. I'll, I'll look, I'll own that. We weren't we weren't very uh we weren't very clandestine in our spying efforts, but I'll tell you what, we had style. We definitely had style. By the way, the way that I made bugs as a little kid was, you know how you had the walkie-talkies and there was like a set of four and they all had different channels? You had the bugs on one channel and they were always transmitting because you couldn't talk to them because they're always transmitting. So you go to that channel if you want to listen. If you wanted to transmit to your other team member, you used to go on the team talk channel. It's super simple. You should make a you should make a tech tip, just like making bugs. You probably probably get flagged on YouTube for that or something. I was but a crazy kid, I tell you. Look into it. Yeah, that's that's like the... That's what this, this show is trying to evoke, right? It's supposed to be people going around. Sounds like has a quote-unquote cinematic format, testing intelligence and endurance. There is definite concern. I, so I have two concerns. One is that it sounds a lot like Amazing Race. And the other one, kind of a macro concern, kind of, kind of beyond this show and more like a reality show concern. At what point, due to like inflation and like, I don't know, the economy, do we decide as a world that a $1 million prize, or in this case, a 1 million pound prize isn't like salacious enough because i think we're close to it am i wrong about that I mean, it depends what kind of dangerous stuff they're doing like i imagine they're probably having these people sign a waiver but i'm thinking like any any of these like amazing race style things you put yourself in harm's way and you take some risks because you got to risk it to get the biscuit i'm pretty sure they get some kind of wage on top of that prize like just for being on the show as well so in my opinion it's still positive i know like survivor i think if you if you get on the show, you make money no matter what. And like, basically, if you get voted off first, you, you get like, I don't know, 15 grand or something. And then it kind of goes up as you make it further and further until the winner gets a million dollars. Like, I think the winner, the, sec- the second place finisher in Survivor gets $100,000, I believe. I'm not positive. But it just, you know, it seems like at some point we're going to have to like, as a society, be like, okay, one million, you could, you could kind of like, the idea I think has always been, oh man, if you win the million on Survivor or Amazing Race or whatever, you're set for life, man. And uh, guess what? I don't think, I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> so like, I, that, again, that's like a concern that's beyond actually what this show is about, but it's, it's something I thought about when I, was, when I was reading this. Right now they're taking applicants, but you know, don't, don't be too disappointed about it illegal because you can't apply anyway. If you read the terms and conditions, you have to be a UK resident. Well, I mean, that just makes sense though. You can't be James Bond. Why if you're can't not there British? be a, an American James Bond? I, I get the whole thing. I get it. Well, I get there it. Is. It's not the right agency. There is. It's His... not. I get it. But yeah, there there already is. His name is Ethan Hunt, and he works for the IMF. Shout out to Tom Cruise. He's probably he's probably yelling at someone on a film set somewhere right now. So shout out to him. Yeah, my other main question, I guess, is is do you think D. Craig's is is hosting this bad boy? Who, who are they going to get to host this? I mean, Amazing Race has Phil Keegan. I think his name's Phil Keegan or Phil Kagan or something. And he stands on that mat and like doesn't really do Oh, we all lot. know who it's going to be hosted by. We all know. We do? Who is it? Yeah, go, tell us who it is first. Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. I don't know. I feel like Barbara Broccoli is probably like a very old woman. I actually don't know. I'll, I'll Google it quick, but I guess that could be interesting. But like, I know, I, I think the person who hosts this should be kind of like Phil from Amazing Race. They have to look like 
at the drop of a hat, they could go travel the world and like do fine, you know? And so Barbara Broccoli is not old. She's 61, but I'm not getting a world no, traveler I, vibe. I agree no. though, that it has to be an From old, Barb Broccoli. an ex-James Bond would be the no. perfect selection. I know exactly who it has to be. Judy Dench. Come on, guys. Daniel Radcliffe. No, oh, Judy Dench. Oh, that's okay. No, that's really smart. Actually, yeah, that's I really like smart. that too. Judy Dench is, is, is definitely a good call. Because she could act as like their pretty cool if, uh, throughout the, the competition. Yeah, that that's spot on. I'm with you. I was going to say, well, but she's M. I was going to say, you could actually get the guy who plays cute. Ben Wishaw, I think his name is. He's he's young. Yeah, he she it. meant to say M. I'm I'm 99% sure you meant to say M. Yeah, whatever. I will I'll be the first to admit. I just knew she was the Q person, the letter. I knew she was the letter. Yeah, she's M. She's M. I am not a 007 phonetic. There. I laid it out on the line. You got to watch. For first of all, that's okay. I mean, I've I'm, seen I'm, I'm some okay of them. I've seen like Skyfall. I think I, that might Royale be is, the only one so I've good. seen. I may only have seen Skyfall. Oops. Skyfall is really good. Casino Rail is really good. Like, I, and like, yeah, I, I'm not enough of a fan of it. I, I haven't gone back and watched like GoldenEye or like the Pierce Brosnan's or anything. It'd be great if Pierce Brosnan hosted it. I think he'd be a great host for this show. In any case, we don't know who's hosting it yet, but we'll probably find out soon. More details will be rolled out about this. No release date yet. Before we move on, I have to ask you both. Yeah. Imagine, because I would never try out for this, but I could see both of you wanting to try out for this. Give me your one line pitch for yourself. Wants to be James Bond, but doesn't really have the skill set. It's not a very good pitch. Let me think about it a little harder. That would be like, they'd be like, why would we have you on? Tactic, you say something. I just did. My my pitch was I looked Nerd Bomber straight in the eyes and just gave, gave that bedroom eye look. That was it. Didn't need to say a word. That was my pitch. I, oh man, I've actually thought a lot like... I'll pivot and say that I have thought about trying out for a number of reality shows. Obviously not this one because this one just got announced. But like, I'll tell you right now, I know what my Survivor audition tape will be. I feel like this is a recurring conversation on this show. We've said this so many times. You and I, will I be both want to be Survivor. on Survivor or a Survivor-esque show. I will be applying to Survivor before I die. Any I show where you. I get to leverage my innovation skills and my ingenuity is like sign me up yesterday my james bond audition video would be like you know the beginning of every movie where they have like the gun barrel and then like the the quick like turn and shoot i would do that but instead of having a gun in my hand i would have like a piece of candy or something like something fun and quirky you know that'd be my thing i'd be the fun quirky guy who everyone's like oh that guy's funny he's kind of a fish out of water everywhere he goes he's not really james bond but we love his spirit that would be that would be my goal but no, I, I, I think I'm much better suited for Survivor. And by that, I mean, I think I'm much better suited to be voted off first or second on Survivor. If you had to apply, Nerdbomber, I'm going to throw the question back at you. If you did apply for one reality show to like go on it and be on it, and you have to, this, you can't say no. She'd be the circle. What, what show? She'd be the circle. No, not at all. I would do a home renovation. Love is blind. No, I would do flip for flop. That doesn't count. No, that doesn't count. It is a, not a, it's reality, a reality show. show. And at the end, you get a big cash Our, prize okay. money in a really expensive house that's probably shoddily put together. Let me rephrase. A reality competition show. I... This is like a game. No, it has to be reality show. Give me some reality options. Comp- I don't have a. I don't yeah, have enough context. I don't watch enough of these. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google reality competition show because yeah. I mean, Survivor, Amazing Race the circle nothing where i have to like eat weird stuff that wouldn't work fear factor oh i would destroy fear factor i will i will demolish bull balls if i have to rupaul drag race big brother great british bake-off project runway 
I would do cooking shows. I would do the Great British Bake Off, and I would be that person who consistently creates sad-looking things because she can't. No, you bake. should be on Nailed It then. Okay, Nailed It. There that we was, go. What about uh, what about what about F Boy Island? Did I tell you guys about F Boy Island? I'm sure I talked about it on this show. It's that hilarious. does not strike me Island. as something that I would be good at. You, yeah, they would probably make you act really dumb because they make all the women on that show act really dumb, and you have to like uh, you probably have to smooch some guys. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's something you're interested in, but not at the that's moment. That's what F Boy Island is. Okay, well, well, I'll check back in at some point. Yeah, I mean, for me, it'd be Survivor, obviously. Blown Away would also be a tough one. But I think you need more skills for that. You know about Blown Away? If I told you guys about that show, that's glass the glass blowing. blowing one, right? That actually yeah. sounds really cool. You know, it would be super cool to watch. I have, and now we're really tangential, but this is fine. I have an idea. I ju- it just came to me for a really fun competition style show, kind of in the same vein as Ninja Warrior, but it would be a kite flying show while you're running through some kind of like obstacle course you have to keep your kite up that sounds uh transfixing what about an eating competition where it's like spartan and and like roman style everything and then the show is just called testicles and you just have to eat all these different animal testicles hard pass there's a sh- there's a show that's on netflix right now i have not watched yet but i so a friend told me to watch it i believe it's literally called is it cake yeah is it cake? oh i've seen this yeah i mean we haven't watched it it's but exactly what it preview. sounds like it's exactly what it sounds like it's just people trying to figure out if something's cake or not so you're basically it's kind of like cake boss where the first half of the show you're watching them like bake the cake and then they bring in people and they basically set up this display so say you baked a cake that looked like a shoe they have a display of yeah. nine shoes and then your cake is in there and then the people on the panel have to try to figure out which of the 10 shoes is a cake that sounds so cool i'm gonna watch that i'll report back on that i i watched a show at one point on netflix i just had to google it it's called awake and basically they make people stay awake for 24 straight hours counting quarters and like counting money and if they get the number wrong, like something bad happens if you get the number wrong i don't remember which like if you're closest you get an advantage or something and then after the 24 hours of counting quarters they do like minute to win it challenges and the winner gets a million dollars or something like that. It's kind of it's kind of psychotic. And when I describe it, I'm like, man, that's like it's like sadistic is what it is. This is the word I was looking for. There's a lot of great, and that's I guess that's more of a game show. But like, remember Minute to Win It? That was cool. I think they should bring that back. Guy Fieri and all. I don't even really like him that much. I love him. He just follows his dreams. He doesn't do anything. My my problem with Guy Fieri is he doesn't he doesn't do anything. Like he's become exactly. Famous. It sounds like you're jealous. Is really what it sounds like. But. Uh, well, a little bit because he he's he takes big juicy bites or something and just and just makes yummy noises. Yeah, and, and makes and that's a it. ton that, that's of his, money. That's his... He followed his dream. Gets to eat like crap. Gets to wear what he wants and makes buckets of money this is this is this is like life goals to me you know what shout out to guy fieri because you're, you're doing it man good for you also his hair is ridiculous i love his, his sense of style is great though shout out to his sense of style guy fieri not james bond uh but james bond there's a show coming soon we'll, we'll give you more details when we get them let's talk about space nasa is launching their first space tourism mission on uh april 3rd april 3rd that's less than a week from now guys 55 million dollars per ticket we can we can put that together, right? So yeah, I, I didn't think so. Well, maybe there's also the option if you can't afford to go into space, you can also get on the edge of space in a fifty thousand dollars space balloon. It's for the the peons, That's not bad. if I may. But I want to talk about this because I both both like this and don't like this at the same time. 
And the reason why I say this is because this is obviously one of those experiences that us normal people will will just be able to just watch and envy and never be able to enjoy ourselves. And it's just going to be something for the rich to have that we never will. And it's, it's somewhat depressing. But what it does do is it does promote the privatization of space flight and space exploration. And if you really want to continue to push the next frontier, to me, private funding is the path forward to getting there. So in that light, I do see it as a positive But on the negative side, in addition to the envious thing that I'm going to be, we have a huge space debris problem right now. And I do wonder if all of these trips and all of this privatization and commercialization of space is going to put more and more junk up there and we're going to end up trapping ourselves into Earth because there's so much crap in our outer atmosphere that we're just not going to be able to leave. Yeah, I mean, you, you, to get up there, you got to leave something behind, right? And that's like, it usually just winds up in like low Earth orbit or something. Or I mean, in the ocean. Uh, yeah, so or I, it, It's just... It's, right. It, I know that, and I know that there were space rockets that have SpaceX developed the inverted pendulum return booster, but that's not the easiest feat and it's not always guaranteed. And it's just easier to throw stuff in the ocean. And you know, right. when things are easy, what do people tend to do? Probably the, the easy, the easy thing. I, this is, yeah, I think this is like an in-between kind of thing for me. I do, I see the merit in it. Definitely. Like, like you were saying, like privatization of space. Like, I don't, I don't think we're getting to space in our lifetimes. Like, I don't think that any of the three of us will see space. I'm not sure I want to see space also for what it's worth. Well, for 50K maybe. But Instead of, you can either put a down payment on a house or you can go to the outer edge of space. I feel like... I guess... What are I, the physical qualifications? Yeah. Like, what do you have to go through? What kind of training? Like, it can't just I be don't, any old millionaire yeah, hops them. into a uh, space vessel. Like, there's G's and stuff that make you sick, correct? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the Vomit Comet's called the Vomit Comet for a reason. I know that uh, there'd be a number of things that would disqualify me personally. Yeah. But- I mean, I don't know, like... like fighter pilots need to have good vision right and like i don't like i think for i think astronauts need to as well but like the passengers probably don't i think we also think of you know the rigorous training that we saw way back in the day moving in towards the advancements of technology and things like that and even the suits right they're called g trousers for a reason they put they squeeze your legs to resist g's and the better our technology gets at resisting g's the the less physically fit you need to be and so i like that you thought i i knew about g trousers because I, this is literally the first time I've heard the. Oh yeah, look G it up. G trousers. It's pretty. It's pretty funny too. It's funny. Yeah, funny they, they keep the blood from rushing down into your legs. It keeps it in your upper body. But anyway, with with further advancements of, of tools such as that, it becomes easier and easier. And and really, the training just comes to you know how to handle your breathing and how to monitor yourself. And yes, you have to be fit to some extent. But I'm going to be honest. It's old rich guys. Right. Well, and and so it is like it's a step better. Like it. Don't get me wrong. It's still a little dystopian of like, oh look, we're all struggling down here. Rich people are going to space. Like there's no doubt about it. It's better than Bezos going though. Like Bezos going was kind of like a slap in the face kind of thing. Super dystopian. At one point, I think I mentioned on the podcast, or if I didn't, I meant to. At one point, it was like rumored or mentioned that like Pete Davidson was going, and like actually, I thought that was kind of funny. But like, still not that funny. If it's just like a bunch of random rich guys, I don't know. I guess I can live with it. Rich, rich guy's gonna rich, right? But it still makes me a little sad. The lottery should start doing is, hey, you can scratch off, you can win a million dollars, but hey, why not? Why not throw space in there? They have money to burn. Why not? Get, let us yeah. let us little I mean, guys get an opportunity. I, I bet they'll see a boost in sales. And and if you guys do do this, just remember to throw a check my way. 
because I gave you the idea. You, I'm sure you're, I'm fairly certain if you got the chance to go to space, you would take it, right? I, I would not. There I said it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew you wouldn't. I'm talking, I'm talking to Tectic. Me and you are the same people here. Let me ask you a question. If you did want to go to space, would you run it by your fiance first or would you just Uh, go? I would just, I would leave like a post-it note on the fridge. Be like, once to space, be to back, space later. back back in five, yeah, and she'd be like, oh, is this like, is this a hypothetical or is this something you're thinking about doing? Um, I'm out of post-it notes. Okay, that's a bummer. Well, I'll see you up there, and by that I mean I'll I'll like I'll watch it on television or something. I'm not. I mean, the space balloon sounds more. I will say, I know it's cheaper, fifty grand a ticket. It's probably cheaper because it sounds way scarier. A balloon up that high? Yeah, I was gonna say that freaks me out more than just getting in a in a rocket. Rocket's got some solid thing. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's not just like a big hot air balloon, but like the ISS has been orbiting for 23 years. NASA is planning to retire the outpost in 2030 to potentially be succeeded by a commercial space station. So, are we setting up for that? Uh, maybe. I just answer my own question. Also, let's take a let's take a brief pause and take a look at the. So, there's a, t- a tweet from Axiom Space. I believe the company that's in charge of this or the Axiom mission or whatever. And it's showing the four guys, the crew. Do you see these shoes that they're wearing? Can we talk about that for a second? Why are they all wearing lifts in their shoes? This may be a technical question that like maybe Tectic can even answer. Because they have I, to look I cannot. tall. Yeah. Like, are they legitimately trying to look taller? So the, the term for that is little man syndrome. Right. <laughs> look at these shoes. They look, they look, they look like platform shoes. They're like blue tips too. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're compensating for something. Who's to say? Shout out to old, rich, white astronauts. Here's to you. So yeah, uh, we'll check back in with them next week. I think by the time we record this, they will be airborne or space... What do you say? Spaceborne? That sounds weird. You get the idea. They'll be in space. In the meantime, we are going to talk a little bit about Microsoft's new cloud gaming publishing division. But before we do that, we're going to take a brief pause to both take our ad break potentially an adless ad break and talk about our fantastic patreon channel that we have and also our fantastic patreon producer shout him out mr stephen keller stephen the pleasure has always been ours having you on the show chatting with you on the weekly giving you this shout out it's always a pleasure i would be remiss if i did not give the shout out invite you to join us at our square table stephen is our patreon producer one of them and he and he gets as a result this shout out on each episode he also gets uh, of course input into the weekly game segment which will be coming later hosted by tectic and of course he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog over on our patreon i mentioned before i did my vlog about the oscars you're gonna want to check that out and we have a secret segment that's going to be dropping soon as well so you can head over there check that out we also have a squire level of support not quite as high as steven at the night level that gets you access to that monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so the details on all of those levels anyone you'd want to support us at can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast thanks again to steven for helping us to keep the microphones running here and yeah we'll take a short break now and come back to talk about microsoft in a little bit hey welcome to the last comic shop podcast a comic book podcast that actually talks about comics yep each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times, it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh, yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. 
Okay, big news in Microsoft's house. Kim Swift, who you may know from her portal days, has announced a cloud gaming division within the Xbox Game Studios publishing. So a presentation aired at the Game Developers Conference with Swift introducing the publishing group as a whole and introducing a new cloud mandate for the group that she will be spearheading. Connected to Xbox's cloud gaming initiative. I feel like this has been going on. Like we were we were talking about this like back with the Xbox One, didn't that, isn't that when this started with like Crackdown? I remember they were talking about Crackdown specifically as like a showcase for the cloud gaming of the destructible environments and stuff. You know, my touch point with this, is it fair to say that like i guess stadia wasn't really cloud gaming but like i guess i just my point is i'm still not sure i believe in this like i think there's a middle ground you know what xbox is doing with game pass certainly not cloud gaming but like but they do i mean they do have cloud gaming with the i like i don't know if it's even iphone but they do like on mobile and stuff you can do cloud gaming even actually on the console yeah but the caliber of game in mobile gaming is not as demanding i mean i'm for i i get the technology of cloud gaming i think we will move there eventually i just don't think we're there yet from a technology readiness standpoint i find it hard to believe that we'd move away from consoles altogether because i think gamers are kind of snobs like i don't know i have a nice 4k tv and i want to take full advantage of it and i don't think you'd ever sell me a box where I'm paying into a subscription, but not getting the full 4K quality because I'm streaming something, you know? I think cloud gaming is going to be such that you don't realize it's cloud gaming. I think all of a sudden, these massive consoles that we have today are going to become smaller and smaller, and you're just not going to think about why. And the reason why is good because it's not doing any of the power. I just, for me, it's about relinquishing control over the experience, right? Like, Nerdbomber, you're mentioning you have this really nice TV. You want to have this experience that's full. Like, when you introduce a cloud into the mix, there's an element of your gaming experience that if, like, if the cloud goes down or if the cloud has problems, guess what? You're SOL, right? And that's, like, to me, I just, like, that's why I don't play online games a lot. I just want to have a game console hooked up to a TV. I can play single-player games and, like, kind of furnish for myself this immersive experience that doesn't have any outside influence besides like power outages i guess like trying to influence that so you know i know cloud technology has come a long way but i agree i think i think it's well suited for like mobile games and things where you don't care about like latency or all this stuff like it's i'm not going to want to play like last of us via the cloud i just like it's, it's i don't know and that's a bad example because usually with things like latency you care about for online gaming but i just i want it to be in my house i want to have full control over it and also there's like an element of like i don't know if pride of ownership comes into play necessarily but like i just want to have full control over the experience yeah that's where i struggle big time with regards to any kind of cloud gaming is i'm I do not ever get even digital copies. I love getting the hard copy of the disc. I will forever buy the hard copy of the disc. That is just ingrained into my soul. Well, I mean, I love the disc version of stuff. When you get it on sale, that's very nice. And digital doesn't have as many sales. But I mean, stuff like Game Pass, like I am very picky now about what I'm buying physically. I'm pickier. Like I will only buy the physical edition of games that are like touchstone games that i've been waiting for for a really long time like horizon that was something that i bought physically but like a smaller indie game that is something i just want to play for a few hours and might not rock my world i'm definitely just going digital with that yeah no i i think pride of ownership is a big deal and again i don't know you know to what extent like cloud gaming the idea of cloud gaming factors into that for me but it feels at least tangentially related to that now 
Kim Swift, as I mentioned before, lead designer on Portal. She also worked closely with Left 4 Dead. She's had am- roles at Amazon and EA. Most recently, I mentioned Stadia before, she was actually the game design director there. So I don't know what that says about her coming here, trying to do essentially the same thing. Again, I would argue it hasn't really worked at Stadia. I don't know if Stadia is really doing that well. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. But, you know, trying to introduce cloud-based AI... Uh, working hand-in-hand with a new Microsoft's new ID at Azure initiative using the cloud system to not only open up gameplay to more people, but game development to more people, which that certainly is a good idea. If it, if it allows game developers to have an easier time developing games, I think that benefits both ends of the pipe, you know. But I just don't know. I, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at I have my doubts about it being kind of a viable thing for us to be doing everything via the cloud. I don't know. But you uh, know plus, what? You know, we said that about uh, movies and music, too. We did. I just think like, and like, is there an element of privacy to be concerned about here? Probably not. But like, I mean, what are they going to see? Want their get, like, how many hours? I don't know. But things some, go like porno game. Whenever you think about things going up into the cloud, my first thought is like, how many times has stuff been leaked from the cloud that people don't want leaked from the cloud? You know, the cloud, rain. There's I mean, there's no different the than with your current systems, your credit card getting lost if it's linked to your Xbox account. All right. Well, now you're making me uncomfortable. So uh, let's not talk about privacy anymore, I guess. Yeah, I think if any if anyone can pull this off, it's the lead designer on Portal. Although I don't really know how that connects with cloud gaming again, but well, it's 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 she's clearly a it's smart not lady. like she's the expert in cloud gaming. She's looking to assemble a Avengers of of sorts as far as pushing forward this innovative technology. So she doesn't need to be the expert, but she just needs to know how to pick a good team. Well, and and you know more broadly talking about xbox game studios you know and actually it's called xbox game studios publishing which i feel like there's an extra word in there or something i don't know it'll be interesting to see if they can get a foot establish a foothold in the same way that you know playstation open up their own studio and they're doing they're doing great i think i don't, I don't think it's, it's a stretch to say that it'll be interesting to see if like with games like contraband if if they can establish a similar foothold we'll have to wait and see i guess so yeah, cloud gaming. What do you think of it? At OW of the 86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, our main show account, at Online Warriors 1. Let us know. That brings us to what are you up to Wednesday? We're going to talk about what we've been up to. I'm going to go first. I feel like it's my turn. I only really have one substantive update. I'm currently going through a move. So that's, that's one thing. It's not fun, but that's like taking up a lot of my time. But one thing I did have time for in my free time to enjoy that I want to pass along to all of you. More Mass Effect? Is the movie Coda. Oh. No, unfortunately. I But I watched the movie Coda, which at the time of this recording, at the time of the release of this episode, you will know that it won Best Picture and also, I think, Best Supporting Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay. And if, you know, if you're not an award snob, that's that's fine. I'm not, like, I, I try not to put too much weight on what the Academy says, if only because I think a lot of things are popularity contests, but that's besides the point. This was a very good movie. This So CODA, for those that don't know, stands for Children of Deaf Adults or Child of Deaf Adults, I guess. And Dakota is also a part of a song if you like were in band in high school like I was. So kind of a cool double meaning in the title. And this is a movie about, well, a child of deaf adults who wants to be a musician. So again, great title. And just kind of the, the challenges associated with that, the challenges of being the only hearing person in an all deaf family. And they're trying to run a business. And there, there's a lot of twists and turns emotionally and plot wise there. Very well acted, very well written. It's it was It was a different take. You know, I liked A Quiet Place a lot. Uh, I did not watch A Quiet Place 2, but I liked the first one a lot. But that was that was kind of a... It was a gimmicky approach, right, to to a movie that takes place largely 
silently. This was a much more emotionally driven, a much more character driven approach to that, that really put, I'll call it an art form, the art form of, of ASL kind of center stage. Marley Matlin was fantastic. She's been in shows like The West Wing that I really, really like. You probably know who Marley Matlin is, but you don't know her name. That's my guess. That's like a lot of people's exposure to her. Lead was Amelia Jones. She was fantastic. Amazing voice. There's a lot of great music in the movie. Uh, some great performances uh, in the musical sense. And just all in all, a great movie. This is on Apple TV Plus. If you, if you have that service, I would really recommend going to give it a watch. It is definitely worth your time. And I believe it's well-deserving of the win. So that's kind of my one like recommendation slash review on the week. Other than that, uh, moving, kind of doing some demoing around the house, breaking full length wall adhered mirrors. It's about as dangerous, dangerous as it sounds. Yeah. My dad got a cut on his finger. He's fine. That's actually pretty impressive that that's the only place he managed to get cut. There were a couple of these big plate glass mirror things that we actually got off the wall in one piece when we figured out like how to do it. And I'm immensely impressed with myself and, and the people that helped me. So I just want to like kind of kind of toot our horns there a little bit. But yeah, uh, going through the move process, I'm sure when we're actually all moved in, I'll like make a vlog or some kind of here. This is our house. And like, here's where I'm going to record the podcast. So so be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, lots of work. I have to ask you a question, though. You know, you're taking these big mirror panels down. We're all about safety yeah. here on the Online Warriors podcast. What was the PPE situation like, especially after the first one shattered? Safety glasses, gloves was pretty much it were the arms Which, covered yeah like full sleeves arms were covered yeah full sleeves uh i was wearing winter boots because they had like kind of hard toes so yeah we, we we were precautious after the first one like completely shattered we took it down because we didn't really know what we were doing we like watched some youtube videos if you're a first-time homeowner oh my gosh youtube they have if you want to know how to do literally anything there's probably like 500 videos of it on youtube it's an amazing resource also great for cat videos, but also good for like homeowner stuff. It's awesome. So, so what are you doing with these yeah. mirrors though? Like, are you going to take them out back and like batter them with a hammer and have a fun slow motion TikTok sort of thing going on? Well, I'm open to suggestion. We, we're mostly concerned right now with how we're going to get rid of them because <laughs> we don't know like we don't know if like the garbage people will take them yeah the garbage people but i don't know that's a weird way to put it but like we must like find some big dumpster to take them to or something we might have some fun with it first like an office space situation where we're like yeah we're like in my backyard hitting it with hammers we'll see might be doing some painting next weekend probably less chance of bodily injury there but uh, i'll keep hey, you, all you never here. know you never know. Yeah, those rollers can be sharp sometimes. And I mean, you have to get up, like, assuming you're going ceiling to floor, like, getting up on a stepladder, always a little bit of danger. Not for the faint of heart. We'll see. I'll report back. But yeah, for me, in the meantime, that's, that's pretty much all I have to offer this week. Nerd Bomber, what's been going on in your life? So I have picked up a nasty cold for the first time in a couple of years, and that has kicked my butt just a little bit. But we watched a movie over the weekend that was actually better than I expected it to be. We watched Fresh on Hulu. And this is the new movie with Sebastian Stan and... Daisy Edgar Jones. Yes, thank you. And Daisy Edgar Jones, who, if you don't know who she is, she was from Normal People. I think that was actually her breakout role. Another Hulu original, a pretty good show based off a really good book. I would definitely recommend you see that. But... Basically, it's a horror thriller, and it kind of starts out as a rom-com. And Daisy Edgar Jones's character, Noah, is struggling with dating. You know, she's on apps meeting douchebags who are not great people and really struggling to find a love connection when she runs into Sebastian Stan's character, 
in a grocery store. And, you know, he comes up to her with a pickup line. They hit it off. And, you know, the first part of the movie is they they have a, a nice little romance going on. And without giving any spoilers, it quickly devolves in the back half to a story about cannibalism, which is given in the trailer. So that's not a spoiler. It was very well cast. I will say Sebastian Stan was very, very perfect for the role. He's got hardcore, like, Silence of the Lambs charming vibes. Not Silence of the maybe like Ted Bundy charming. Like, you know it's creepy, but it's, like, weirdly charming. And, and, and I, I, he just nailed it. And overall, like, it was just, it was creepy. Like, it wasn't the best movie that I've watched for someone who doesn't like horror movies. Like, it was... It aired more heavily on the thriller side than the horror side. Like, I, there were no, like, jump scares. It was a little bit more, I guess, psychological. And there was some gore, like, in the terms of, like, cannibalism. And they showed, like, prepared dishes made of human meat. And it was obviously just, like, meatballs and, like, real animal meat and props. But it was done very well to the point where, like, I got kind of squeamish a couple yeah, times hungry. not in like a human flesh kind of way just like the food looked good in, the, in like a meatball way yeah in like a meatball way so like i don't want to give any more detail really around it because i feel like going in just knowing what happened in the trailer the movie ended up kind of panning out a little bit differently than i expected just from watching the trailer but i thought it was pretty good and i'm usually not one for that genre but maybe it's just because i like the actors I, I don't know but i thought it was pretty good Right on. Yeah, Sebastian Stan, you know, he's pretty good. Like, Obviously, my main touch point with him is Winter Soldier. I can certainly see him as a result of even just that role, kind of pulling off like charming, semi-charming, but also like kind of scary man. I honestly so, think his role as that. Winter Soldier doesn't do him as an actor justice. I definitely think, especially with Pam and Tommy, is that... Or is it the other way around? Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay, I wasn't sure if they... No, I think it's Pam and Tommy. Okay. I think he's a more versatile actor than maybe the Winter Soldier kind of gave him credit for. Because I think, you know, you think of him in that role and you just think Bucky Barnes and... Bucky Barnes, in my opinion, and I know I, like... They go and develop the character a little bit further in the the Disney Plus show. But at the end of the day, Bucky Barnes still kind of feels like a, a one note sort of character, you know? Maybe that's just me. Love my best friend. Yeah. But I think Sebastian Stan as an actor has a lot more to bring to the table. And I think he was definitely able to flex his acting chops in fresh. That said, if you get like squeamish thinking about cannibalism probably not the movie for you but. yeah i wouldn't watch it with like a sh charcuterie board or something like that that's my advice no, i wouldn't think so <laughs> i wouldn't think so uh that sounds cool though yeah it's on hulu it's a hulu original so if you have hulu definitely worth an evening's romp i guess that's all i got cool tactic take us away so behind the scenes i like to consider myself as the most interesting member of the online warriors podcast and the reason why i say that is because one of the things that i am involved in and i've tweeted about it is a fantasy sumo league how many people do you know in a fantasy sumo league i forgot you did this. oh yeah and uh is it so it's back it's back it's, it's going on it's, again it's back and it didn't really go away. I just didn't participate for for the last couple of tournaments. But to really to really jazz it up, I decided to three D print myself or not myself, but the the winner a but trophy. But he knows trophy. he's gonna win. No, so. actually, I got in second place. And like the gap between the first two people 
and everyone else was insane this tournament. Like I was up on everyone by like 20 points and the person who beat me beat me by two points. So. See, I want to say like you must, you're probably the only person on earth who does fantasy sumo wrestling, but then again, there, there's people doing it with you. So that's immediately wrong. It's just, it's fascinating. It's, so you're saying it's already over? Yeah, the, the tournament just ended. Um, I got second place. So there's no trophy yet for second. I'm still making the one. Um, it's a it's a cool sumo riding a bull that I found on Thingiverse. And then I made a little base, in my own solid modeling software that says sumo champion. Um, so I'm priming it now. I'm going to spray paint it gold. I'll post it on the social medias when it's done. But uh, it's, Please do. it's it's looking good thus far. I'm 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 very happy with it. I was excited that I didn't really need to do that much uh, from scratch modeling because Thingiverse is a great website that offers many awesome. If you could think it, guys, it's on there. If you wanted to 3D print something, just go there. It's it's just it's just a good fun thing to browse in general. I don't even have a 3D printer, but sometimes I go on there and just poke around. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There's some crazy stuff yeah. on there. So check that out. The other thing and. This is probably the bigger announcement is that, guys, I bought Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and it came and we played the sugar honey iced tea out of it. Yeah, it's probably it that was spells... our longest gaming session in a long time. I mean, both individually and together. Like, I can't remember the last time we strung together like a solid almost six hour play session straight through. And I want to say we did that this weekend. And it was effortless. That's that's one of the keys about things about this game. So it's the mark. Yeah, it's the mark of a good game. If you've if you've played the other Borderlands, you pick a character, you pick a class, and you go forward. And I thought it was kind of going to be the same thing, but no, you get it's full character customization, and you get to pick a class on top of that. And and there's more classes. Yeah, there's a ton of classes, and they weaseled that into the game where it's seamless the way they did it, and the combat is fun. The only thing I don't like, and if you haven't started playing it yet, I recommend not doing the everyone gets loot option. It just becomes too much loot, and it's just it's it's almost overwhelming. So so do the strategize loot option with your friends and share loot, trade loot. It just to me it makes it more fun. Don't do the option that I did, but it's a great game. There's a lot of new features in it, like in the overworld mode. It's kind of it literally looks like a board game, and I just I I can't rave enough about this game. Go buy it. Yeah, they've kind of taken that open world formula of a Borderlands game, and it's still kind of there. But because there's this overworld, which is essentially this big game board, and you have your little character as if you had like a minifig if you were playing in real life, like a, a Dungeons and Dragons style game, you know, you're kind of like not gatekept, but they kind of progress you through different parts of the main story. It's a little bit more linear bound than I would say the other Borderlands are because I feel like in Borderlands 1, 2, 3, the pre-sequel, you're basically, you're kind of on a big map and you can go wherever. You can kind of skip into sections where you aren't really supposed to be yet. But for the most part so far, I feel like it's it's a little bit more linear than the previous games, but you have so many different encounters and random things that pop up as if you were playing like a Dungeons and Dragons style game that it keeps it fresh, even though it is a little bit more linear. Sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean... Also, there's multiple no class <laughs> class options with little buddies. So I was the mushroom class. I have a little mushroom friend, and... Uh, I'm a claw bringer with a dragon. Yeah, but I have a mushroom friend. He's got butt cheeks, so... Huh. Sounds pretty fantastical overall. It is. It's Especially got... the butt cheeks. 
It's got the whimsy and humor of Borderlands. Whimsical. But it's in a more fantastical setting. Fantastical. And so it just, it feels different enough from Borderlands where it feels like its own thing, but it's got the the core underlying game design of Borderlands, which is fun. Fun. I would say like irreverence is another word I would use yes. for kind of like what Borderlands is a lot of the time. So glad to, glad to hear they've retained that while also managing to be functionally different. So And split cool. screen. Updated. Yeah, that's, that's also a big deal. Shout out to all game devs everywhere who make split screen games. And anti-shout out to game devs who don't. You're ruining couch co-op. We, we need to bring couch co-op back. Cool. I think you have a quiz for us. Is that so? I do. And the topic me, sir. is Deadpool trivia. Boy, it's a good thing you're not doing this. Although I assume that's kind of the idea. So it's Price is Right style. We're going to roll right into it. It's actually heavily invested in the comic book side of it and not the movie side of it. So prepare yourself. Wait, hang on. I, I want to give a quick update. I'm four and four, Tactic four and four, Nerd Bomber three and four. Do you even want to know? So, uh, yeah, lots to lots on the line here. Uh, I feel the pressure. I feel the burn. So uh, let's 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 get into it. So my first question is: When did Deadpool make his first appearance in the comic books? Okay, and I assume I'm going first because I have the better record. Oh boy, uh, he strikes me as a very I'm thinking 1980s, very 80s character. I'm gonna go with. 86 1986 final answer bob i feel like i remember the art style of deadpool being a little bit more old-timey but i don't know i'm gonna say 1960 so the first thing to think about is wolverine had to have been established right because he's a derivative of wolverine so this was a later edition how late was wolverine deadpool made his first appearance in the new mutants comics in 1991 whoo i was close all right. They were introduced that late. I don't know why. I've always just assumed Wolverine has been around for a long time. Maybe just because it's like they shoved him in our face. No, the 1960s He's was so, different age of comic books. It was, you, were, you were not having Deadpool. 60s was still, yeah. Deadpool was like breaking the fourth wall, doing all this stuff. They, they weren't doing that in the 60s. They were staying traditional. Cool. Right on. All right. I'm in there, baby. So now we're going to go into a movie question. And the question is, how much did the first Deadpool movie gross in the U.S. box office? Didn't it break records? But I don't know what record it would have broken. Hmm. I'm going to say 50 million. That feels oh, a bit it's high. significantly more than that. Significantly more than that. It it broke records for like the highest grossing R-rated movie, but I'm sure it did over 50 million like on its opening weekend. I'm going to conservatively say 100 million, but it's probably closer to a billion. This film achieved both financial and critical success. It earned over $782 million against a $58 million budget. You know what's wild? We spent so much time doing Fantasy Movie League. You would have thought that... And you were good it, at it. Yeah, I was were, good at it. You, you were you were better at it than I was. You would think that that lot, stuff would have stuck in my head, but no, no. So you are in a, you are in a tough spot, Nerd Bomber, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have well, to get everyone right to win. Okay. Or I can tie. And he hasn't used a plus one. But neither have I. That's true. Also true. What is the oldest Deadpool has ever been in the comic books? Super freaking old. Oh my gosh. So old. Oldest he's ever been. There's the Comic books are like time traveling and stuff. They probably want to head to like the year 3000 and Deadpool is still alive. I'm saying a thousand years old. This feels like a trick. I feel like that's what he wants us to think. There's three questions left, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, I don't. I'm going to do my other option and say one. So Illegal Takes It Home 
Gosh darn it. That's right. He was exactly a thousand years old. Uh, oh, so my oh. thoughts one wouldn't have even mattered. Yeah, you were Boy, I got you, you were, you were sh- up the you were creek snookered. with no paddle. But we're going to finish out the other two just for funsies. So the next question is, everyone's familiar with Deadpool's healing factor. How much can he lift? In what unit of measurement? Pounds. Hmm. 2,000 pounds. 2,001 pounds. <laughs> Come on. So <laughs> one of his abilities is actually super strength, and he can lift up a 50,000 pounds. I'll take the point. I'm going for the perfect score here. So Try yeah, to we're, we're trending on to a sweep right, right on the now. Nose. And uh, this last question is, we all know and love Deadpool and Spider-Man to be sort of best friends. When did they first meet? Okay, I got to get this right on the nose. It's, it's easy. This is, this is, this is, this is uh, 1999. This is, this is the millennium right before it, right before Y2K. They were trying to stop Y2K. 2000. So the question is, was it a clean sweep? And the answer is, it was not. Nerd Bomber oh, saves herself. Oof. It wasn't until 2006, Yikes. Cable and Deadpool issue 24, that Spider-Man and Deadpool had their first official meeting. So that is our quiz. Illegal wins this one, but uh, it was not a clean sweep. So you fought hard, Nerd Bomber, and we commend you. Do you think that any of the comic book heroes tried to fight Y2K? I want to say yes. That's why I'm asking. I want it to be true. Probably not, though. We'll look into it. We'll have our research department take a look. I moved to five and four. Tectic at four and four. Nerd Bomber three and five. Next week, she will be taking on Tectic for the title of uh, Ultimate Loser. And I did want to also give a shout out to Apple Pie. We are now in possession of an apple pie, so look out shortly for a video of me eating apple pie and American cheese. Oh, oh, you're doing that? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. I forgot that was the punishment. Yeah, send me the link to that. I'll, I'm sure I'll see it. It'll pop up on social media. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll laugh. Or maybe you'll like it. Like That's that's the danger here is that you're going to really like it and then I'm going to feel like an idiot. Yeah, if he ends up but, liking uh, we'll, it, then that's we'll going to be a crappy punishment. But hey. I'll bet you that I can do stuff to it, keeping the ingredients no, the same. No, you can't do stuff to it. You to have make to, it good. That's not allowed. No, man. it has to be I, plain old apple pie with a slice of American cheese. But can it be yeah. melty I'm not cheese? I'm going you have whipped cream. Can it, can it be a hot apple pie no. with melty no. cheese? Why can't it be an apple pie straight uh, out the oven? Like who no, who, who has cold apple pie? You have like every single cartoon trope has a no, pie the, on the window and it's smoking. It has to be. The scenario here is cool. you go to a diner. Yeah, you, the scenario here is like you go to a diner and it's like in that rotating glass case and you're like, I'll have one of those. And they're like, here you go. And you're like, can I have a slice of cheese with it? No normal person is going to eat cold pie. Like I'm not going to sit there and wait for the pie to get room temperature. The pie is going to be hot. I won't melt the cheese. I won't toast it, but I'll just throw it on. Don't there. melt the cheese. I uh, okay. That's fine. I'll I'll accept that. Terms have been have been laid out. I just and, I know uh, American cheese just takes on a whole new profile when it's hot. It's it's gross cold. <laughs> well, you're about to experience that. Oh no, Nerbomber, you gave me your cough. Uh oh. In that case, I I better get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, hit us up there, hit us up on Patreon, we mentioned before, hit us up on our Twitter handles, mention those as well. And uh, in general, just keep on keeping on. Slide into the month of April, go prank your friends, but don't do anything dangerous. And uh, with that in mind, I'll turn it over to Tectic for his weekly tech tip. Check us out on Patreon to watch me eat apple pie and cheese. And it'll also, be it'll be one of the best tips you've ever gotten. Don't be slapping people. I'll throw Jeez. that in too. Yeah, for real. Don't be doing that. Bye.